Holy shit snacks. This is Pam from Archer, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball. to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpret those randomly chosen songs like musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here in, well, just, what are we, just uh, east of the 405, uh, right? Just west of the 405, doing the, these musical divinations in a fantastic little studio in Los Angeles, and we're joined, we're actually exploring the... Uh, the mystery and the magic of AMC's Lodge 49, which premieres their second season on August 12th of 2019, if you're listening in the future. And we're using music from my own new record, All You Get, as the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And now we are joined by the man who made this all happen for me. Not everything in my life, but this episode. He plays the role of champ in Lodge 49. We discussed him a little bit with Jim Gavin when we were uh, talking about the show. And now he's here on the phone with us. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, David Yuri. Hello. Thank you. Now, we discussed with Jim, I had heard on an earlier podcast that Jim Gavin is a big fan of the film Shoot 'em Up and Paul Giamatti's role in it. And I, when I asked him, I said, well, then you must be aware that David Urey was one of the creeps at the end of Shoot 'em Up in the diner. He said, "I had no idea." Yeah, I've never, I've never talked about that movie with Jim. Well, I am also a big fan of that movie. Well, yeah, you're not just a fan of it. You were, <laughs> you were the star of Shoot 'em Up. Yes, I was the star of about two and a half seconds of Shoot 'em Up. Yeah, but those were some, those are some great two and a half seconds. That's very funny, because Jim and I have talked about quite a few different shows uh, that we both like, uh, but we never discussed Shoot 'em Up. Well, there, I, I planted that seed. That's another conversation you'll be able to have. Yeah. So we're catching you in Baton Rouge. Where I you am are in Baton Rouge. In preparation I, for what? Uh, a show that I have a, a little role on that I am, you know, that what is I'm not allowed to... Oh, you're not allowed say to say anything Got about, it. but I can tell you that I am in the parking lot of the Boot Barn Western and Workwear in Baton Rouge. Okay, so, so fans can you can extrapolate yeah, from extrapolate that, you from know? that. There's a, if you if you are a fan of a show that you know has a lot of boots, barns, or Western wear, then yeah, uh, and workwear, as workwear. Well. Yes, yeah, sure. it, it's a pretty broad. It's a pretty broad swath. There's a lot of shows. Also, next to that is Joanne Fabrics and Crafts. So it's you know, 
I could be here for that. Well, we already... I don't want to give anything away. You know what? We already established in our conversation with Jim Gavin that you can make Georgia look like Long Beach. That's right. So just because... So the setting... You could be at a boot barn, but that won't tell us anything. You could be in some medieval series or you could be in, you know, there could be it. You could be in... I think they actually t- shot Game of Thrones in this boot barn. In this boot barn, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we let's not go down the road of this show you can't talk about. Let's talk about the show you can talk about. Yeah. So Lodge Forty Nine, it's we've I've gone as fully on record as I can that I'm a huge fan. But the, my first time that I actually got to talk about it uh, was with you. I had I had watched the whole series because I knew you were in it. And then I just fell in love with it, and we went out and had it, and and I pretty much talked your ear off for about like an hour and a half about how much I loved the series, and then finished that off was like, could you help me set up a Radio 8 Ball episode with the cast and crew? And you said, well, maybe, and I'll try. And luckily, patience and your determination on my, my behalf paid off and allowed this to happen. But at the time, you were a little bit concerned that maybe the show wouldn't get picked up for a second season, but the second season is here. All right. Yeah. And, wow. And Champ is now a, a much more featured player. Well, <laughs> Champ is in a lot of the episodes. Champ is like people. I know that the other. I know that Dudley and Liz and Ernie, they're all. You know, they're sort of they're big. They're big characters, but I feel like the whole show might be happening in Champ's head. Wow. Have you thought of that? I hadn't thought about that. No. We had a crazy synchronicity on the Jim Gavin show. He asked, His question was... No, I actually... It, we started off with me asking a question about Dizar. Does the mag, When we play with magic, does it have... Like in our art, does it have other ramifications that we might not be aware of? And we got a song called Cartesian Shack, which blew Jim's mind because... He said, "Oh, the Cartesian cage." That you have a line about the Cartesian yeah. cage in yeah. uh, in the show. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, there have been a lot of weird synchronicity moments in the show. I don't know if anybody brought up the um, stain on. I, th- I want to say it was one of Connie's uh, outfits. There was a stain in the shape of the Lynx um, symbol. Mm, like it was stuff. perfectly in the shape of the lynx symbol on one of her wardrobe pieces. Uh, I, while I was working on the show in Atlanta, my wife texted me to say that our daughter was doing a pony ride and the name of the pony she was riding at Griffith Park was Champ. And a third one, I... F- uh, while we're finishing an episode of the show, I flew straight from Atlanta into uh, to Reno, where I went to Donner Lake, which is somewhere that I've gone um, for vacation for my entire life. And I took a walk, and in the snow, I saw a lynx walking, came within a few feet of me. Was that like, the one you sent me the picture of? Yes, yes. yes. I have been to that area hundreds of times, and I have never seen one. So, 
obviously, Lodge 49 is a very important show. There's something up. I mean, but do you find that that happens not just with Lodge 49, but with other productions? Like, they're like, if you're working intently no. on something, no, it's really specifically to Lodge <laughs> I mean, 49. I mean, maybe it's just that I wouldn't pay attention so much to something like that, except that that's so much about what the show is about. Right. Signs and symbols. Right. But the augury of birds, man. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. There's something special. I really do. I feel like there's something special about this show. Um, so, you know, I want to believe. Yeah. Well, before we get to your question, I wanted, and I'm going to ask each of the actors who joins us uh, from the show, do you have some sort, for your character, do you have a sense of, their, of like any archetypal or esoteric or mythological uh, touchstones that either you bring as an intention or that through working on the show you think oh maybe is that what Jim's up to like is there anything or maybe a, a scene in the show either in the the previous in the first season or a scene you could talk about in the second season that you maybe feel like gives that other world in, uh, insight into champ I'm not totally sure what you're asking. <laughs> well, I guess I mean like, okay, so we were talking earlier when we were talking with Tom, we were talking about how a lot of the characters have tarot cards associated with them and how Dudley is a squire, but he's like he and uh, Ernie is a knight and right. he didn't go into all of them. But do you have a sense of like what your, did they give I, you a tarot card or do you have a sense no, of what yours might be? I don't and I don't know enough about tarot cards to name one but i would say if there was an olympia washington tarot card mm -hmm. <laughs> that might be i that might be champ's card so, even though he's from long well we don't we don't know exactly yeah where he's from but champ feels like he's just he definitely feels like he's from another world yes he feels like he's from another world. I, I take inspiration from people I met and the experience of living in Olympia. Well, I should say uh, for okay. Champ. Well, tell, well, tell, we met in Olympia, Washington, and if you're interested in knowing more about that, you should check out, I'll put in the blog about this, the last time David was on Radio 8 Ball, and I sort of told the story about how we were poker buddies and all of that. But with that as context, what do you mean by how Olympia has informed that uh, that character? Like he's like he's a, an anarchist punk? Yeah, I mean, when I first read this the character description and saw the the little piece that I auditioned for, which was um, a scene from season one where um, where Connie goes to the Orbis plant um, and I stop her for trespassing. Oh yeah, it's a great. Scene. But I don't. But I tell her that you know she's not really trespassing because the because we all own. Uh, aerospace technology, you know, right. that we all paid, we all paid for this out of yeah. our tax dollars. And I just, when I saw that, the, 
that description and read that scene, I thought, I know this guy. Like, I've met a lot of champs yeah. in Olympia. Yeah, he could be working at, at, at the reef just as well as he could be totally. working at Shamrocks. Exactly. He could be a dishwasher at the reef. He could be um, a guy hanging out at the Greyhound station. He could be so in I, a poker game at the Martin. <laughs> he could. I, I felt, uh, so I felt already like it was very easy to step into champ, you know. Well, uh, let's, why don't we, with that as a segue, why don't we step into your musical divination here? Um, yeah, let's step into it. What I mean, is your I'll, question for I'll, the Pop Oracle? My question is, so I have a three-year-old, and I would like to know, what can I do to be a better dad to her? What can you be, do to be a better dad to your daughter? Great question, David. And now to engage the Pop Oracle on your behalf, I'm going to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 na. Love. Hey. Ooh, song number eight, which is the one song which is not on the new record. It is actually a very brand new song, actually inspired by an event that happened in Olympia, Washington. And it is called Absolutely No Sense of Humor. There's a comedian in this town Who gets mad if you call him a clown Even though clown's just a synonym for his profession So let's just call him Sam The big comedian With absolutely no sense of humor about the word clown Well he chased me down the street outside of Obsidian Shouting and threatening me Did this guy the great injustice of inviting him to do my show? It didn't go as well as he hoped, and he blamed me for the whole situation. In an angry after-show text that led me to mutter under my breath, oh, I made the clown cry. That's why he chased me down the street outside of Obsidian that night, shouting and threatening, man, he wasn't kidding. sense of humor about the word clown. So if you see him clowning around, don't make the mistake of calling him a clown, even under your breath when he's not around. He might chase you down the street outside of Obsidian, that's right, shouting and threatening, man, he won't be kidding, he'll be looking for a fight, and when it happens to you, I believe that it's true. 
And that was absolutely no sense of humor. The song that you've been hearing about for the last four episodes, I premiered it, playing it as an acoustic song on the Pete Molinari episode. And now here it is as a finished track. And uh, it is the answer to David's question. How can he be a better father to his three-year-old daughter, who he actually asked a question about? David, I don't know if you remember this, but you asked a question that was also related to fatherhood the last time you were on the show. Did I? Yeah, you oh, asked gosh. the question. You asked, well, you asked the question, have I eaten the last, have I already eaten my best meal? And you asked oh. it like a week before your daughter was born. And then you were, you came on afterwards to talk about it. And you're like, you know, I think my perspective has shifted on that question. It was kind of mm. a, you know, and uh, so yeah. obviously you are. That's a sad a, question that I asked. I, <laughs> I think, but I think there's a, there's a kind of, well, speaking of Lodge 49, I think there's something also funny and honest and sort of beautiful about it. And also your interpretation after the fact sort of showed that growth. That was one of those rare occasions. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, it came out really good. But anyway, let's talk about this one. So I don't know if I uh, uh, should tell you, do you want to know some of the background of that song or do you just want to tell me what you think about Uh, that? I'll just tell you. I thought it it was pretty clear from right right away. Don't t- take myself too seriously. That's the lesson. That's the piece of advice. How to be a better father is I can't take myself too seriously. Yeah. Maybe also I can't get offended by the things. Because, you know, toddlers say horrible things to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like you. Go away. I don't want daddy right now stuff like that so don't don't get offended by that stuff don't let it you know bring you down but i think the biggest takeaway is just to not to not take myself too seriously now i i've known you a long time david uh, but i and i'm sure that you get bent out of shape like anybody else. Actually, it was the only time I've ever seen you in close to being what I would call angry was at the last poker game. Yeah. We were at where a guy slapped you. Yeah. Which was so strange. <laughs> but now I don't at- remember I remember it as a as a closed fist hit. Was it a slap? I don't remember. I remember that it was. I was so shocked by it. It was like <laughs> it was a strange thing. It was. I, I was saying to Jim uh, when he was on the show that there is an explosion of violence at, towards the end of season two. That is so. I'm. It's so surprising because there has not been one throughout the whole show. We just haven't had a you know yeah. a really violent moment. And is even this one is sort of played comedic comedically, but in that same way that that was so out of context. This poker game was nerds and artists. Right, it was. This was not a hard, this wasn't like Sinatra's poker game. Yeah. Right, we're not fist fighters. <laughs> yeah. <We're, laughs> I, was, I remember thinking, I don't think I've been punched since I was in third grade. <laughs> and in a way, because since, Lee, since that poker game and going to Hollywood and having, you know, basically having what I at least from the outside, I see as a very successful 
acting career in a very competitive business where very few people succeed. And I almost, I look back on that as being like this sort of magical moment of benediction. Like, it's almost like he didn't have control of his own hand. It was sort of like, I just want to be the guy who punched David (laughs) Urey. Like, I know this guy's going to be a star someday. I want to be the guy who punched him. Right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm absolutely positive that that's what was going through his mind. Yeah, I, well, I don't think it, I don't think anything, that's what I'm saying. I don't think anything was going through his mind. I, that's, it was so, if he had thought for a second, that would never have happened. Right. And it's funny because that is, I think very, that does go to, I think what this song is about is about how there can be explosions of odd violence between nerdy people that is that when it happens it's so out of context for you that i mean you still remember that you remember it as a punch too yeah i i probably remember a more dramatic version of it than like if i bet if i were to watch it if it if it were somehow able to go back and watch it it was it was much less uh you know severe <laughs> but isn't that like this like that's the truth like uh sure. it's like yeah. the the mel brooks line comedy is you falling down a manhole tragedy is me getting a paper cut right if you're yeah. the one getting hit a slap a punch it's a big especially again if you there is no context for it you know sean dudley <laughs> took it much better when larry punched him in the face in uh at the end of of the first episode. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, wow. I didn't... I've been listening to Jim Gavin's book, Middlemen, and there's a Larry character, but he reminds me of Ernie, so that's why I got confused there. But yes, when Larry punched... Uh, yeah, he did take it very well. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a difference. First of all, Larry seems like the kind of guy who punches people. Second of all, I think... Was he naked? No, he wasn't naked at the time. That's, that's later. Uh, and also, it's an old man. It's not... You're one of your peers sitting next to you in a poke. I'm not even necessarily a peer, but yeah. anyway, that's a little a little insight into. Uh, I guess uh, Olympia does put a stamp on you, in a weird way, sort of like a lodge does. Like you've gone, we've gone through these initiations there that will never leave us. Yeah, and obviously it informs the character of Champ. So, I know you can't tell us anything about season two. But uh, I asked Jim this, and I'll ask each of the uh, cast members. I asked him to give us, you know, without giving anything away, but maybe give us some little nugget of something that fans of the show can pour over that, or that maybe to set us up for something that's going to happen. And he said, okay, well, just take out your, take out your Borges, folks. I'm like, okay, cool. Do you have anything like that that, you know, without, again, without giving, I don't want to have anything spoiled, but... Uh, maybe just little, some little wink to the audience that uh, that follows this. Something that we should be looking for. Wow! You can be as obscure as you want. Well, it'll only make sense in retrospect. I would say jellyfish heaven. Jellyfish heaven. Yeah, there's a dead milkman song. <laughs> okay. Jellyfish heaven. <laughs> I love it. Cool. I have no idea. But I'm looking forward. I will be, I'll probably watch season two at least twice. So I'll be looking for Jellyfish Heaven now. All right. I hope you find it. So before we let you go, David, is there uh, anything that you want to let, like things you have coming out beyond Lodge 49 that people should be looking for? 
Um, you know, the way stuff works right now, I don't even know what I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> what I'm not. It's very frustrating. You are. So you basically, you are in a secret society. <laughs> yes. And uh, you have, <laughs> you can only speak cryptically about boot barns and, West, and workwear. <laughs> basically. Um, yeah, I don't know. But there, are, there will be things, but, you know. Well, um, but let's focus on Lodge Forty Nine because that's really well the beyond. Thing well, actually, let's focus a little because we know you're you're a you're a creative person beyond this. Do you, where can people follow you on Twitter, Instagram? Find your uh, find your book. Find Twitter is is this David Yuri? Is it exactly? Mm-hmm. Instagram is just David Yuri. That's U R Y. And I. To a book I wrote called Everybody Dies, a children's book for grown-ups, is um, probably on Amazon. Do you it's think at least on Kindle? I believe the actual book itself is out of print. Do you think Dud would benefit from reading Everybody Dies? You know what? I don't think Dud needs to. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he is. Uh, I just don't see him fearing death. Oh, I meant more like that he is still uh, wrestling with the death of his father in the series. But you... Uh, but oh, you're thinking, yeah. It's, Gosh, I didn't think of it that way. Uh, yeah. Maybe oh, Liz. Yeah. Maybe more... It's, it might be more of a Liz thing. Yeah. Might be. I could see Liz sitting on the couch and reading it sarcastically... Yeah, I'll have to talk to uh, Jim about how we can work. Everybody make dies. Season three, basically <laughs> all about my out of print uh, children's book parody. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, AMC is doing some crazy things, <laughs> hiring guys who've never made shows before. Hiring... I think I think that's a whole separate show. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Everybody dies. Pay attention. You know the, I I think the folks from AMC may be listening to this. So, so uh, think about it. Everybody dies could be a great series. Already has an excellent title. I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing it on my laptop right here at the boot barn, Western and Workwear parking lot, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I haven't figured out yet if people here call it Baton Rouge or Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah. When you get when you find that out, let us know. But well, David, thank you for uh, you know I've I've said it many times, you know, person to person, but I'll say it now uh, on just for so everyone can hear. Thank you so much for making this episode happen. It it, without you sort of planting a bug in the air of the folks at AMC, and also you know just finding the right moment to do it, it, this would not have happened. And for anyone who is enjoying this episode, which I certainly am, uh, we all owe David Yuri a great debt of gratitude, not just for his uh, scene-stealing performance in Shoot 'Em Up and <laughs> for being the, uh, the secret star of the Lodge 49 series, but for facilitating all of the magic we're doing here. Well, I hope you all uh, enjoy season two. Go back and watch season one over and over and over again now on Hulu or Amazon Prime if you're in England or Japan. 
Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Get I really it. like the song, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, when you uh, when you get another series, you know I'll be... Uh, I'll be bugged. We'll do another one of these. This is the great thing about having friends who are character actors. All right. Well, if any of the shows that I can't talk about take off, then I, but maybe. <laughs> I can't imagine anything could be more on brand for what we're doing than Lodge 49. Oh, no. Though. I agree. This is such a perfect it's a, fit. It's a good, it is. It really is. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8-